It's good to be here this morning. Thankful for God's grace that allows us to be here. Take your Bibles, if you would, this morning and turn to John. Two verses I want to read. This is an introduction. That song goes along with what I... Lord has laid on my heart to bring to you today. I know where John is. I I was trying to get a note stuck in someplace there. Before I got to it, at least I hope I know where it's at. John chapter 8 and verse 12. It says, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. John chapter 9, verse 5. And both of these, by the way, are the uh, words of Christ. He says, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. I could read other scriptures. I will read a, a couple more. And John chapter 12, and verse 35. And verse 36, Then Jesus said unto them, it is the people, the the mass of people that are always about him. The walk. Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while you have the light. Lest darkness come upon you, for he that walketh in darkness shall knoweth not whither he goeth. While you have the light, believe in the light that ye may be the children of light. These things make Jesus and departed and did hide himself from them. You may look in John chapter 1. And verse 5. Well, let's look in verse 4. It says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. The darkness comprehendeth it not. Find one other verse here that I thought I had put a place in, but you didn't. It 
says in verse 45, now from the sixth hour, this is John or Matthew 27. Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land unto the ninth hour. Certainly, I believe that was to draw light to the fact that Christ was the light. And here now, He's, he's deceased. He's, he's laid down His life. No man took it. He laid it down. And He took it up again. Amen. Now we know He's seated in heaven. And He's given to us to be that light. Sometimes we do a pretty good job of that. Other times it's a... It's not much to brag about. Trying to arrange things here. I, you know, a sermon should be a... Most preachers will like it that way. An introduction... Three or four points or however many the Lord uh, lays upon their heart and enables them to, to bring in a certain period of time. And a conclusion. Well, this message is not going to follow that routine. Uh, in fact, this message almost not didn't come to pass this morning, Brother Hilly. I, up to the very last few hours I thought well I'm going to ditch this and I'm going to dig out through a pile of old sermons and find one appropriate and preach it but I could not do that You know, I think sometimes the Lord wants us to struggle <laughs> and grope in the darkness. But I want to bring a message on the light of Christ this morning, as God may allow me. This is a continuing study we began some months ago. Uh, I thought that I would bring... Look at the life of Christ along three uh, points of his character. Love, light, and life. We looked at love and over several weeks, and so we've come to this matter of, love, of light. Now, love was not exhaustive, and light won't be exhaustive. I haven't learned, or I, I have learned that you can't exhaust God's Word. Right. It can't be exhausted. I'm not capable of exhausting it by any estimation. But I want to focus mainly on the 
this matter of light this morning. The person of Christ as to his light. Jesus so described himself, those two verses that I read to you. John 8, 12 and John 9, 5. And he said to his disciples who questioned whether a blind man that they had just passed by was so either because of his parents had sinned, there in John 9, 5. And then again, previously in John 8, there was a woman taken in an act of adultery. And in both of these cases, Jesus had opportunity to make this statement and to reveal this truth. The scribes and Pharisees wanted to, to, to cast light upon their perceived righteousness. And so they pointed out a sin of some woman. Yeah, we're good at bringing light towards on us. You know, I, we like to have light shined upon ourselves. We want people to know how good things we've done. The Bible says there's none good, no, not one. But that's the nature that we have. So they wanted to cast light upon her sin. But in so doing, as is always the case, they revealed that they themselves were a void of the light of life. Right. Jesus said there, again, John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but She'll have the light of life. Spiritual truth is seen in these two real life examples of the adulterous woman and uh, the person born blind. That being that the natural man, that's you and I, in case you're wondering, cannot see the light of Christ nor do any good thing pleasing to God unless God has struck us down. As he did Paul on the road to Damascus. Then we're able in some small measure that the light might show forth from us. The gospel is a powerful voice if you'll recall, that snatches a man from darkness of sin and fills him with the Spirit of God. Right. I remember that day. But to you though that are here this morning who may not have and do not know that that joy and not experience that light. 
One day he will be to you a consuming fire. Mm -hmm. That's not the light you want to see. But we have the light of life, which is the light of Christ, and it's eternal. Life's another subject. That's our next point when we get to that place in our messages on Christ. In John 8, we see Christ as a light shining on man, revealing his depraved nature, sinful, there the adulterous woman, self-righteous, the scribes and the Pharisees, and bringing their lacking responsibility to light. I want to speak about the light of Christ, keeping in mind these two verses that we just read, and see what we can glean from what it says concerning the life of Christ. Again, quickly, John 8, 12, And Jesus spake unto them, people saying, I am the light of the world. He that follow me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have a light of life. You know, we have... We have a lot of earthly lights that aid us where we live. We couldn't do without light, could we, we think. Where we work, you got to have light. Yeah. Spiritual light, though, lightens the heart where Christ lives. And works in us. So we may work out that salvation with fear and trembling. Amen. Now, to make some sense out of the scrambled notes. first recorded words of Jesus were spoken to John the Baptist instructing John to baptize him when John hesitated this is in Matthew 3 I won't turn there Jesus said suffer or allow it to be so now for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness he was speaking to John the Baptist get it over there so I can keep examining myself to see if I get things right. And then in Matthew 3 and 13 we read uh, and come us, this is continued about that or shedding light on the same story. Jesus cometh from uh, cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan and John to be baptized of him. John forbade him saying I have need to be baptized of thee and cometh thou to me. Jesus answered and said unto him, Suffer to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. John the Baptist later over in John chapter 1, 29-34. The next day John sees Jesus coming to him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. 
This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me. For he was before me. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore I am come baptizing with water. John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him, and I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water. The same said unto me, Unto whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending, and remaining on him, the same as he which baptizeth with the Holy Spirit. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. We don't have time to make the total comparison, but John 8 and John 9 are contrasting chapters, showing different truths concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. In John 8, there we, we find him, John 8 and 9, in fact, going about his ministry, preaching to the people. John 8 begins with the Pharisees bringing to Jesus a woman uh, caught in the act of adultery. And, and Jesus expounding to them those self-righteous Pharisees. And, and he goes on in verse 12 and speaks about him being the light of the world. In chapter 9, it says, begins, and Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his youth, birth. Now, I referred to both of these. I'm just reading you to give you a little detail. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me, while his day the night cometh, when no man can work. As long as I am in the world... I am the light of the world. So John 8, we see Christ as a light shining upon man, sinful and self-righteous, and bringing to light their lacking responsibility to be pleasing to God. John 9, we see sovereign grace acting when human responsibility has failed. In Genesis 1, we see it a world in darkness without form and void. And the first thing God said was, let there be light. That's a spiritual truth being set forth there by an actual event. In John 8, the light of Christ reveals the ruined state of Israel and their atheism common to mankind but also his power to give life. So we could go on and on. I, I'm ready to bring those things out to try to set before you some, some truths here. Further, John 8 shows Christ the light exposing darkness. John, John 9, Christ communicates light or sight in John 1, 7. John 8, 12, we find the light is despised and rejected, that is, refusing Christ and his ministry. John 9, he's received and worshipped. John 8, Jesus stoops down to pick up stones, or the Jews. John 9, Christ stoops down to make anointing clay. In John 8, Christ hides 
from the Jews. John 9, Christ reveals himself to the blind beggar and proclaims himself to be the light of the world. In Ephesians chapter 4, in verse 30, I'm going to read from chapter 4 of Ephesians. Verse 30 on down through chapter 5 and the ninth verse. Ephesians chapter 5 then, or 4 verse 30. It says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit. This is uh, uh, Paul writing to the Ephesians to put off the old man. Let me go back to verse 17 of Ephesians 4. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. Having the understanding darkened there's no light there, you see, in the natural man. Being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work on cleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Christ Jesus. A lot of people profess to know Jesus Christ and have the light of Christ. But they have not heard him from the heart and been taught by him as a believer from the word of God which is the truth in Jesus Christ. He says in verse 22 that you put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which is after God is created which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not, let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil, let him the soul steal no more, but rather let him labor working with his hands by thing, that thing which is good. These are uh, evidences of light that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. That would be a, uh, an act of darkness of the old nature, but that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Now notice, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, which is the light, whereby you are sealed with the day of redemption. Unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, loving one another, even as God in Christ, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. So many profess to know God and the Lord and to love His people and His church, and yet we're guilty of these things, and yet we profess to have the light of Christ. It says in chapter 5, verse 1, Be therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love, 
as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness let it not be once named among you as becometh saints, which will be a evidence of darkness. Neither foolishness nor uh, filthiness nor foolishness, foolish talking or jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know that no whoremonger nor unclean person nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be uh, not ye therefore partakers with them. Now notice, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Right. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. And actually... That's a description of, uh, of, of the light. Goodness and righteousness and truth. That's what the light of Christ involves and, and uh, is taken up with. There's no light that shines from me. You know, I, I hear these Pentecostal type uh, uh, declarations of when God saved him, there was this light they saw. Well, they must have been in a hotel room outside of a, of a, a, a nightlife place because they didn't see the light of Christ. And they had a, a light from a drunken stupor or some so-called religious experience. You not see a light when God saves you. Visible. But there will be light in your heart when God has saved you. And that light will not go away. It might grow dim. But it won't go away. Our relationship, close or distant, with the Holy Spirit determines the degree which the light of Christ shines forth from us. Christ's light in us, I believe, is the fruit of the Spirit. And what does the light consist of? Goodness, righteousness, and truth. Let me close with this. as I simply want to point out this morning. As Matthew 5.14 says, You are the light of the world. And it should be set in, on, on a hill so it can be seen as on a hilltop in a city. In our life, the light should shine wherever we go. In our house, put it on a lampstand so all the household may benefit from it. If you're saved 
and you have a family, whether they're abiding in your house any longer or they're in your uh, uh, near vicinity, there should always be that opportunity to speak to them about Christ whenever you're with them. Find some way. You know, we kind of want to have a, a something to take place as we're conversing that just eases us into the conversation with the Lord. Sometimes you just got to blurt it out there and say, here, I, I haven't told you about the Lord lately. But I need to tell you about it again. Because I'm getting older. I was telling one of the gentlemen, I'm 81. I may not be around in the next week to tell my kids that again for the umpteenth time. Right. But if they call, tell them. And if they don't call, text them. I've done that. Didn't get no reply. Right. They keep doing it. Amen. Let it shine before men. It's a good work to give glory to God. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 12 says, Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak evil against you as evildoers, they may by your good works which they shall behold glorify God in the day of visitation. We are set in this dark world, but the Lord is a light in us, according to Micah 7, 8. And according to Psalm 119, 105, it lights our path. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shined in darkness. The darkness comprehendeth it not. We just read that. Let me close with this. In Exodus chapter 10, verse 21, 23, there were three days darkness in Egypt. But we're told that the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. Egypt was a place typical of, of, of barrenness and lostness and, and, and uh, unsaved people. But the Israelites went out into Egypt and they became the only light that the world ever had. See, God makes a difference between His people And the people of the world. But only as we let our light shine. He says in Romans, Exodus 8.23 And I will put a division between my people and thy people. And we can show that division by the light that goes forth from us. When the Spirit of God is present, there's always light.
How does this whole Bible start? In the beginning, God created heaven and earth, and the earth was out form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light. And His light is always good. It says, and it was good. When the children of Israel exited Egypt, they had light by what? A pillar of fire. By night. And a pillar of cloud by the day. When God instructed Moses to build an ark in Exodus 25 there and other uh, scriptures in the uh, of the uh, Exodus Nugram Deuteronomy. When he instructed Moses to build that ark in those books where we have the uh, writing of that, he mentioned oil for the light. It's Exodus 25 and 6. Which was to be always burning in that inner sanctuary right. in the tabernacle. What was that an indication of? That God was dwelling there. It was a, an indication of His presence. He says there in Exodus 25, verse 1, And the Lord spake to Moses, saying, Speaking to the children of Israel, that you bring me an offering of every man that bring willingly with his heart, ye shall make, take my offering. And this is the offering which ye shall take of them, gold and silver and brass, and blue and purple and scarlet, fine linen and goat's hair, and ram skins dyed red, badger skins and shittim wood. Those are all the things that made up the ark. And verse 6, And oil for the light. Spices for anointing oil. That was that light in that inner, inner, inner room in the tabernacle. When Esther, I don't know if there's anybody here who doesn't love the story of Esther, appealed to King Ahasuerus to reverse the letters of Haman that would have the Jews destroyed. And he complied and uh, was uh, attempting to carry it out. But when that was reversed, and that was not carried out, it said, and the Jews had light and gladness and joy and honor and a feast and a good day. says that many people became Jews. If people could see the joy that we have in Christ, we might see more people in this church coming to know and confess the Lord as their Savior who sat here week after week. So I close with those thoughts. And there are many more. I could go through every book of the Bible and I could pull out something 
there that sets forth the fact of the light of Christ is the only light this whole world shall have. Let us not be dilatory in declaring that to those that we love. And in our prayers, and in our devotions, let us pray that God's light would shine in our hearts and in our homes, that it might also shine out in the world. And may God bless His Word. Let's all stand and we'll...